Hey everybody, welcome to Therapy for Humans, the podcast where if you're not careful, you might just pick up some tips on how to survive as a more or less psychologically intact human in the modern world. My name is Rowan, and I'll be your host. Hey everybody, happy fall, happy October, welcome back, thanks for continuing to indulge my random timeline of publishing new episodes. Um, I was going to say that I'm hoping to get more regular with it, but every time I say that, I feel like it doesn't happen. So we're just going to keep rolling along. Anyway, as always, if um, there's something you'd like me to address on the podcast, you can email me at rowan at therapyforhumanspodcast.com, or you can text me at 970-903-3893. So I have a little PSA for you today. How many things do we do in our heads that we think makes us different from others? How often do you find yourself thinking a thought, fretting over a thing, obsessing about something, and then the idea comes to you that you are less than, different, crazy even? If others knew you were having these thoughts, or at least this many of them, they would think you were nuts. Well, here's the good news. Most of us do the same stuff all the time. I can't count the number of times a client will screw up their courage and let me in on what their brains do in their off hours, and when I tell them, yeah, me too, the look of relief on their faces is exquisite. They've been carrying around this idea of their thought habits, believing that they are the only ones who did this, and that made them odd at best, and likely maybe even a little insane. Do you replay social interactions and convince yourself that everyone else in the room at the time of the said interaction, must have been thinking how terrible a person you are or how weird or rude or something else that's not flattering. Yeah, me too. Sometimes. Side note here, if it's constant, we might tag that as social anxiety. If it's occasional or even fairly often, we might just say that you're human. If you never do this, you might want to ask a friend for some feedback on how you come across Do you find yourself running scenarios in your head and getting really angry at somebody about that scenario, even though that thing that you're all worked up about has never happened and likely would never happen? Yeah, me too. Do you ever talk to yourself and sometimes refer to the you in the conversation as we, as in you're trying to figure out how to accomplish a task and the internal dialogue goes something like, well, we could do it this way, or we could try something different. This is normal. It doesn't mean you have multiple personalities. I mean, it doesn't mean you don't, but it's really unlikely. Do you sit in a crowded room, especially a quiet one, and think about what it would be like to get up and say or do the most outrageous thing you can think of? So, I hate to break it to you, but you're probably not as nuts as you think you are. Don't feel bad, though. You're still special. Okay, so the next thing, I know I've talked about this before, but it's been coming up a lot lately, so I wanted to go back over it. I want to talk about the filters that settle over our perception sometimes. We can call some of what happens here cognitive distortions. That's the fancy term for when we believe something that's not true. And I'm not talking about flat earthers here or like people who don't think science is real or people who think cilantro tastes like soap. They're all obviously delusional, but that's another podcast. I'm talking about the way we perceive ourselves and or the way we perceive other people who are close to us or even situations. So let's start with the more personal side of this. I work with way too many folks who get into a really dark, depressive episode sometimes. When they are in this place, they can't remember being happy. Ever. Think about that for a minute. 
And I'm not talking about just a sad day. I'm talking about the literal inability to remember what joy feels like and the strong belief that you've never experienced it. You could show this person a photo of themselves at a time when they seemed to be having a great time, and they will tell you that they were pretending to be happy or some variation on this, basically that it wasn't real, it did never happen. That contrary to what appears to be the case in the photo, they were just as miserable as they are right now. And they aren't lying. They aren't attention-seeking. They don't want our sympathy. In fact, the idea of our sympathy makes them feel even worse because along with never having been happy, they also perceive themselves as being a massive burden to everyone around them, especially when they are so low that they can't function the way they think others in their lives want them to. So this is an example of the filter I'm talking about. The only things they get through are thoughts, feelings, memories that support the current mindset of negativity. Anything else that approaches that filter gets stopped. It gets discarded as fantasy, inaccuracy, or even attempted manipulation by those around them. There are a number of ways to work with this from a therapeutic standpoint, but in general, when someone is in the throes of this deep and depressive episode, your options are pretty limited. Sometimes, if you can get them at least to partially accept the idea that their thought process is not functioning properly right now, that they should not actually believe what they feel to be true in this moment, that's the best you can do. You can ask them to just not discount the idea of this. They don't have to buy into it 100%. Once that depression loosens its grip a little bit, you can wiggle a few more wedges in the door. You can float a couple of small seeds of doubt through that filter and then build on that. But in the moment, sometimes you just have to wait it out. So let's see how this works with our perception of others. Have you ever been really angry at your partner? I mean super pissed, which probably means you're really hurt or really scared or some combination of those things. And you're worked up enough to feel this feeling for more than an hour or so, sometimes days. And in those moments, we often have this experience of a filter that comes down over our thoughts, and we can't remember being truly happy with this person. All the things that get through the filter support our current hurt or anger. The other stuff just bounces off and rolls away, leaving us with a completely skewed concept of our relationship to them. Again, you could be shown a photo of the two of you during a deliriously happy time, and what gets through the filter is anything surrounding that moment that you remember that was not positive. Any small detail that you remember that marred that seemingly perfect moment, which taints the whole thing for you. And in this current headspace, that joy seems to be a lie, like it never happened. I will often talk about this as the mirror of the honeymoon phase, when we first meet someone and everything they do just sends our heart flying to the stars. My poly people and dance savage enthusiasts will recognize this as NRE, or New Relationship Energy. It's arguably the most powerful drug in the known universe. Anyway, in the throes of this experience, there's nothing about them that's perceived as negative. Obviously, that's not accurate. In fact, I would argue, being the hopeless romantic that I am, that this is a delusional state of mind. And unfortunately, we can make some very big decisions while we are in that place, and it often leads to disaster. So... The same is true for the negative flip side. We're caught up in the throes of this experience and we can't stand the person that hurt us or angered us. And we're so sure that how we're feeling in this moment is true and accurate, dare I say even righteous, that we can say or do things that are very, very bad ideas. I will often caution my clients to not make any sudden moves when they feel this way. Sometimes they listen, other times, well, shit happens. So we've established that our brains can trick us into thinking thoughts that are not accurate, and we've further established that we cannot always tell when this is happening, so how the fuck are we supposed to move through our lives and make good decisions if we can't trust something as basic and intimate as our own thoughts? Well, there are actually a couple things we can do to reality check ourselves. 
And of course, to do this, we need to have some clue that we might be in a state where we are not thinking clearly. One tip off to this is if we notice our thoughts skewing heavily to one side of something, especially if we're struggling entertaining ideas that don't support that dominant concept. When we see this happening, it's a good idea to ask other trusted people in our world about their opinions. If you're about to make a big decision or even a small decision that might have a large impact on others, and you're hesitant to ask for guidance because you don't want anyone getting in the way of the choice you want to make, that should set off massive alarm bells. Picture every movie you've ever seen where there's some sort of emergency. The meteor is going to hit us. The iceberg is suddenly right in front of you. The monster is definitely coming down the hall. The bad man just won the election. Now, imagine all of those things happening at once. That should be the level of emergency response that is appropriate to this situation. If you are choosing not to take other people's feedback or opinions because they might get in the way of this thing that you want to do and you don't want anybody to tell you not to do that. Of course, it's much more likely that you'll just disregard the warnings and plunge headlong into bad decisions. We all do that sometimes. But on the off chance that you have the wherewithal to notice what's happening, you really should ask friends, family, dare I say even your therapist, for some feedback on your thought process. Here's the thing. You still get to make whatever decision you want. Even if everyone tells you not to do the thing, you can still choose to do the thing. And most of us have had this experience as well. There is an upside here, and it's hidden under a pile of rocks, but it does exist, and here it is. If you ask for feedback and you do the bad thing anyway, and it all goes to shit, there's a much better chance that next time you won't act quite so quickly. You might learn from this experience that sometimes that what you feel in your gut is absolutely the right thing isn't always the right thing, and that's okay. We're experiential learners for the most part. We need to touch the hot thing, take the risky path, push the big red button, so that we can see what happens. And then, and too often only then, do we really understand the need for caution the next time. You know, I was scrolling through TikTok this week. Don't judge me. That's the least of my vices. Anyway, I stumbled on this guy who was teaching a pistol safety class, and he said something that struck with me. He said, too many people are not careful with guns because they've never been shot. (laughs) Makes sense. He pointed out that people are often more careful with things that have already hurt them. Anyone who spends time in the kitchen has ever had a misstep with a mandolin, I see you. Those of you who think a mandolin is only a bluegrass instrument, I congratulate you on still having all of your fingertips intact. Anyway, back to my TikTok story. The firearms instructor said, look, if I took you out into the parking lot right now and shot everyone in the leg and then brought you back in, everything that happened after that would be the safest firearms class ever conducted. So this idea might be worth thinking on, not only in terms of preventing yourself from making bad decisions, but... Also, maybe finding a little grace for yourself in the aftermath of one. So just to tie this all up with a nice little bow, it's busy up there in our heads, and sometimes there are conflicting thoughts, and sometimes we get into a place where there's no room for conflicting thoughts. Sometimes we don't know what we don't know. If you are emotionally dysregulated in any given moment, that is not the moment to take action. If you're hesitant to seek guidance or feedback on a big decision, that's a red flag, and you really should sit your ass down until you feel differently. And finally, if and when you do fuck up and make a bad decision, it doesn't mean that you don't deserve the kindness of others. You would be hard-pressed to find someone who has not made a whole basket full of mistakes, both large and small. So, you're in good company. That's all I got. So until next time, take care of yourself. Take care of each other. 